From Santa Barbara, California, the Timeless Voyager series, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. Interviews with leading-edge authors and speakers, psychic phenomena and the unexplained, UFOs, extraterrestrial encounters, government cover-ups, alternative health care, new technologies. Fasten your cosmic seatbelts and join me, your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes, the Timeless Voyager. Hi, everyone. Bruce Stephen Holmes, Timeless Voyager. And my guest today is Alfred Lebremont Weber. We're going to be talking a lot about time travel. And uh, I want to just turn this over to Alfred because you are the man, you're the guy, and I'm just going to have a conversation with you and try to keep up with you. Take it away. Well, well, thank you very much. Um, uh, you know, our universe is a time-space hologram. That's the universe that we're incarnating into as divine souls into biological avatars. And I'm credited uh, in my career with um, uh, helping create the science of exopolitics through my book, Exopolitics, for example. Uh, and my explanation of what exopolitics is and how that became an official word of the year would not make sense unless I tie it into timelessness. And that's where the synchronicity between you as timeless voyager and me as timelessness converges. And I think that that is a remarkable synchronicity and bears comment because what occurred was that uh, the secret quantum access time travel unit of DARPA CIA time traveled my book Exopolitics that founded the science of exopolitics. Exopolitics is a science that discusses relations among intelligent civilizations in the multiverse. And they time traveled it from 2005 when that book that you're looking at on the screen was published back to at least 1971. And we know that because in 1971, a U.S. chrononaut, a time traveler named Andrew D. Vishaga, who's also an attorney, was sitting inside DARPA CIA offices with two other people, one of whom was his father, sort of his control, and a satchel containing materials that were brought secretly from the future were brought to the table and opened and out popped a copy of Exopolitics by Alfred Lauer Weber. And the year was 1971. And that book would not be published until 2005. It would not be written by me in Vancouver, British Columbia until 1999. And I would not put it on the internet as a free ebook to change the paradigm until the year 2000. Uh, and so that is because we live in a time-space paradigm. And in the same way that you can get into a spaceship and go from location A to location B in space, you can get into time travel technology, either a chronovisor, which is like a television set, and everything in the time-space hologram has an address, uh, a date, uh, and a location, and you just dial it up, and you can just watch things happen. 
as though you're watching it on TV and read my book, The Chronogarchy, and you'll learn that it was the Vatican that invented these and subcontracted them to the CIA. And the chronogarchy, that's a term that we invented, and it means those who rule through time, chronogarchy. So here we are, the human race, by memes, they always say, oh, watch out for outer space. The space raiders are coming and they're going to take you over. That's what all those space movies are about. When in fact, humanity's ruled by the chronogarchy, the time travelers who figure things out and know what's going to happen 30, 40, 50 years in advance. So, uh, DARPA CIA, the chronogarchy, had my book, Exopolitics, in 1971, which was 34 years before it was published. And in 1971, I was general counsel of the Environmental Protection Administration of the city of New York under Mayor John Lindsay, you know, keeping air pollution under control, looking at noise pollution, dealing with solid waste. And I had not yet begun to get into extraterrestrial civilizations, although I was sort of reading uh, books that looked that way, Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain, The Morning of the Magicians, so that I had some inkling that the multidimensional paradigm, uh, as opposed to the logical positivist paradigm, which is what those of us who graduated from law school in the 1960s and were educated in the 1960s were all a product of logical positivism. And uh, the materialistic, the uh, materialistic, scientific canon, which denied the multidimensional omniverse. So let me just ask you a question for a moment, because I'm not really going to ask you a question. I'm going to comment on the number of things that you've brought up. There are so many. um, I don't know where to begin, but I want to just say this first. Um, You mentioned DARPA. Let's go back a few moments now. I I looked it up because I felt like I needed to know. I'm going to read. It says it's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Now, one of the things that you told me when we first got together was that you yourself, um, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you yourself actually did not participate in this particular project. Is that correct? Or am I? Yes, yes. I I have been a yeah. I have been a for all of us. I just want to make that statement. The the reason I say that is because just because a person was part of this project doesn't mean they would be a a great writer, which you happen to be. And that's one of the things that I want to point out as we continue. That it's more important right now for someone like you who has been able to take a different position. Uh, For example, if I talk about Andrew for a few moments, Andrew Vizhago, he is a a physical, um, an example of the physiology that occurs, that can be, in a sense, uh, destroyed or at least Certainly, he has been through tremendous physical problems after having participated in in the one program. And I'm only saying that because what people don't understand here is that, or at least I think people don't understand, is that this is not some fantastic sci-fi thing that's kind of interesting. This is real, even though it's timeless Voyager and people are used to this kind of information and having, and people who have read your books and who have seen you. I said this the last time we spoke, 
there's an enormous difference between reading about this and experiencing it. I wonder if you would comment on what I just said. Uh, certainly, and and you raise uh, uh, what you stated has multiple levels to it, and what I'd like to do is to comment on them very carefully. Uh, first of all, you referred to Andrew Bashago, and so I'd like to comment on him and his role in my work and my role in his work. Okay. <laughs> Andrew Bashago was a childhood participant, time traveler, a U.S. chrononaut uh, who actually was signed secrecy agreements and was a childhood participant, and as I understand it, rose to the level of lieutenant commander in the secret ranks. Uh, and, and he time traveled on behalf of the US government. Among the things that he did, I think of importance, one of his duties was that he was commissioned to go regularly from 1971 to a DARPA forward time base in the year 2045 to gather time scrolls from 2045 to bring them back to 1971 to inform 1971 of how to get to the future successfully. Is that a thought that communicates? In other words, one of the reasons why this planet is surviving is that the secret time travel program is sending people from 1971 to a permanent DARPA forward time base in 2045 at that time, they are giving time scrolls of what happens between 1971 and 2045 that instructs those, the US secret government in 1971 and forward of how to get successfully to 2045. And Andrew was doing that work. Does that communicate? So that was an important function that he had at that point. Exactly, exactly. Now, ancillary, ancillary to that, DARPA did a sweep of future literature and people of significance, persons of interest. And in that sweep, at least, we know that at least one of my so far 10 books, I believe all of them, but we know that at least one of my so far 10 books, Exopolitics, which you put up there, which was published in 2005, was brought back by time travel to 1971, where it was brought to a meeting where Andrew was sitting around a table with his father and one other person in a satchel in which materials that are brought from the future are brought out and out pop Exopolitics by Alfred Lenoir Weber, circa published in 2005. And so, DARPA went forward and brought my book from 2005 back to 1971. And so Andrew experienced Alfred Lenoir Weber in Exopolitics in 1971, comma, and in addition to that, a large CIA 
DARPA time travel governance unit. Okay, Chronogarchy governance unit surveyed me in 1971 unlawfully against constitutional guarantees. I'm a graduate of a law school and I'm a, a, a judge on three uh, uh, international tribunals. And they called me in in 1971 under the pretenses of giving a talk to an environmental group because in 1971, I was general counsel of the Environmental Protection Administration of the city of New York under Mayor John Lindsay. And one of my jobs was to talk to environmental groups in the public or on the media about uh, air pollution, water pollution, solid waste, environmental protection. That was the time that the environmental movement was at the leading edge of social change. And I would talk to groups of housewives and students and environmental groups all around New York City and on the media regularly. And one day I got a call and I said, sure, I'll go. And when they went to pick me up, it was a man in a suit. And I went, okay. And we got in the car and we drove for about two hours and came to a nondescript building. We got to the second floor and there were 50 other men in coats and ties or NASA-like white shirts and ties. And my double vision, because I was raised in Cuba and I had been in jail there under both Castro and Batista, the dictator, I said, these people are U.S. government agents. Exactly. <laughs> so I said, but guess what? I'm just going to power through my stump speech. Just and to find out what, what this is about. Uh, yeah. And I just played it straight. But in the audience, there were a number of them that were trying to get me off my game. And they, they were going like this. They were literally making, you know, kind of making faces at me, trying to, like, get me off my game. Because, number one, they had seen my book, which had been brought back uh, by time travel technology. Probably they had sent a DARPA CIA time traveler into the future, into 2005, who had bought the book off of Amazon and who had brought it back physically. Also, what they had probably done, and this is from my study of time travel technology, of which there are eight types of time travel technology we know from whistleblowers, including Andrew D. Bishago. They had probably used Chronovisor to dial me up so they could hack up into, reality, into my reality and just watch me on time travel TV. And that's how the secret state from 1971 can spy on you in 2005, can spy on you in, on Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Literally, there, hypothetically, there could be a US DARPA CIA Chronovisor hacking into this broadcast at this time from 1971 or some other vantage point watching it for intelligence purposes. Okay. So you bring up an important point, and, and, and I know we're kind of like skipping around, but we have to because there's so much material here. We can't, we, unless there's like an eight hour show. <laughs> and even then, we'd only touch upon a, just the, the tip of the iceberg. Let me just say this. What you've brought up now twice, although I'm kind of 
listening between the lines. But you're talking about legalities that no one has ever considered because most people are still stuck on the idea of time travel being real. And yet you are already talking about what is right about it, what is wrong about it, how much, how many liberties are being, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but violated. Violated, a great word. I, I just lost the word, but violated. And 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 my last question to you, the, the the, the previous time we spoke was, it's all right to talk about this, but what could the remedies possibly be under this circumstance? Very easy. And this ties up to one of, one of your previous questions. When U.S. chrononaut Andrew DiBasciago, who's a whistleblower, ran for U.S. president in 2016, against Donald J. Trump, Donald J. Trump having been pre-identified in 1971 as a future U.S. president and briefed that he was going to be a U.S. president, which he's remained a mum about, okay? Uh, Andrew B. Bishago ran on a platform of 100 proposals one of which was to make quantum access, time U.S. government top secret time travel and teleportation public and regulated so that with regard to time travel, it would be like a search warrant. You cannot use time travel unless you go before a special court and a sure. judge. See, both Andy and I are lawyers. Right. So unless you go and get a search warrant so that you don't abuse it. Now, Andrew D. Bashago, because he did that, and you pointed this out, the national security state and the deep state, after he ran for president in 2016 and made this public, retaliated against him and used directed energy weapons, remote directed energy weapons, which I have been studying for 20 years. I was first targeted by remote directed energy weapons myself in October of 1977, while meeting an assistant secretary of defense at the inner ring of the Pentagon on behalf of President Jimmy Carter. And Andrew DiBasciago was deprived of his eyesight. He's now legally blind through directed energy weapons by the deep state in service of maintaining the secrecy of DARPA CIA's quantum access time travel capability. So part of what we're doing through our books and our documentation and through our conversations today, this is a protected program under the First Amendment and, you know, this is what we do, uh, is letting people know uh, uh, that this exists. Now, of course, there are remedies. I was a cooperating attorney with the New York Civil Liberties Unit uh, Union, and I was an attorney in the 1969 Panther 21 trial, where the FBI framed the Black Panthers for a phony plot of trying to blow up the Statue of Liberty, which they didn't do. And I was part of the defense team in there. I defended an SDS, Students for Democratic Society, right. member who stood up in, in the court, you know, at that time. But the jury dismissed that case within a week after it went to the jury. It was all phony. So we know that there are elements within the deep state that have taken over the national security state 
of the United States in furtherance of the abuse of this advanced technology. As I stated, quantum access time travel, the chronovisors, and the eight types of time travel that allow people, allowed that agent to go from 1971 or thereabouts to 2005 or thereabouts and bring my book back. So I would be unlawfully surveyed upon in violation of the First Amendment. And I taught the Bill of Rights at the University of Texas as an adjunct professor. Okay. Uh, uh, all of that is being done in violation of the Constitution. And there are remedies. It's called going to court. And so that's what we're doing is we're making it public. Now, the one person, the whistleblower, Andrew D. Mishago, who ran for president, they blinded him. But I'm going forward, and I've documented his story in the Exopolitics book. I've documented it in the Chronogarchy book. I've documented it in the a Revelation in the Life uh, uh, and teachings of Jesus book, and in my most recent book, which is called Time Screen, the chronogarchy, the 50-year secret chronogarchy book to balkanize America, because I was told in January of 1977, when I entered Stanford Research Institute as a futurist, I was told by Willis Harmon, who was the chief futurist there, who hired me, he's, and who had a 50-year contract, a 50-year alternative futures contract with a central intelligence agency that had just time-traveled my exopolitics book back to 1971, that the United States was going to be broken up into multiple parts in the future. I was told that in 1977. And the CIA knows that because it's used chronovisors and other time travel technology to do that. And that is occurring as we look at it because today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022, and just last week, a poll was released which in which in Trump states, 33%, the majority of Trump voters say that they would rather secede from the union. And the Texas Republican Party, the GO, Texas GOP this year at their convention, state convention, adopted a plank in their state convention of secession. That is the official. That is the official policy of the state Texas Republican Party, and I was an elected delegate to the National Democratic Texas National Democratic Presidential Convention in Dallas, Texas. Uh, in 1996, uh, in which I voted for uh, Bill Clinton as, as the Democratic uh, candidate. Now, so I've been part of this warp and woof. So everything that was told to me in January 1977 and that I've seen at the misuse of quantum access technology that was subcontracted by the Vatican to DARPA CIA and is being used in violation of the Bill of Rights is coming to pass. And unless we as Americans I'm a dual citizen of the United States and of Canada. My, my wife 
mother was Canadian. We live in Vancouver. Uh, I moved to Vancouver because of the severe COINTELPRO dirty tricks upon me because of my writing and my coming out with this secrecy. And, but I'm still an American citizen and I ran for president in 2020, uh, uh, virtually. Uh, and in 2016, there were people that asked me to, um, uh, unless Americans wake up to the totality of what's occurring, that prediction about the balkanization of America and it's being broken up into various pieces, which is widely advertised in Pravda, which even has maps of the United States broken up into nine different nations or regions will come about. So I am here backed by, by, by substantive world-class research in nine books stating, America, you have to wake up to this. You know, the shoe is, one shoe is dropping in the January 6th committee. Both shoes have to drop. And both shoes are that you've got a cancer that is trying to disassemble the American experiment. On my mother's side, we're Taino indigenous. And also we go back to the original Plymouth colony. So I'm committed uh, to the American experiment. So that's my little speech. <laughs> well, and I, we all appreciate it, I'm sure. Let me ask you uh, a question that I, that's been on my mind for the last 20 minutes, and I'm just waiting for the right moment. You have mentioned the concept of eight different uh, time travel, and I don't know what, what the other word would be, protocols or? Uh, yeah, these are time travel technologies. Technologies. Yeah. yeah. Could you, would it be appropriate to just maybe give an outline on, on, on some of them or all of them if you want to? Uh, sure. It, Is it too much? If I had a slide, I could show them. Let me just uh, mention a couple of them. Well, tell here. me where I would locate it, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to put it up while we're talking about it. Is it, uh, is, is it our... Well, it's buried inside the Kranigarchy book. You know, I mean, uh, I, uh, okay. we could, uh, I, I could we'll send it, for the it next show. after the, pro oh, we, we could do it for the next show, but Perfect. I'll talk about a couple of the technologies. Yeah, give us an idea. Yeah. One of the technologies I've just mentioned is called Chronovision. And that is like, that was developed by the Vatican and then subcontracted and further developed by, the, by uh, the Department of Defense, the Pentagon and the CIA. And that's how it got to DARPA. DARPA was the, the agency within the Department of Defense that was given sort of the contract within that aegis to develop that. And this goes very deep if you get within the chronogarchy because we live in an interdimensional, my book, my three books on the omniverse talk about the dimensional ecology of the omniverse so that with, with, the, uh, with the chronovisor, technically you can, not only look in on timelines past and future in third density, but you can have conversations with people in the afterlife because it's all frequencies and we're in parallel dimensions. And when the Vatican uh, 
two Vatican monks developed the coronavisor. They actually developed it in relation to the afterlife. And then it was through the subcontracting through the Pentagon that it was further developed as a time as a timeline surveillance device, if you follow my my kind of uh, uh, line of thought there. So well, that, I try to follow it. I mean, I can yeah, follow what you said. Yeah. But I don't know if I can do between the yeah, lines. Yeah. Well, there. Well, well, there are different types of chronovisors. One is very simple. One sort of looks like a television set, and very simply stating, everything in our universe, our time-space hologram, has an address, a date, a time, and a place. That's what time-space means. You've got a date, a time, and a place. And all events are happening at once now. Everything is happening at once. We just experience time in a linear fashion, okay? But that's how we experience it. But all events are happening at once. So that with the chronovisor, we can dial up an event. And let's say, I could say, I want to know what Bruce is going to do on... Uh, Sunday, July 24th at noon. And I entered into the thing and it shows what Bruce is going to do on Sunday, July 24th and how he's going to have his eggs for breakfast. So, so the real question is, if all of this is already available, then that means that everything has already happened. Everything is all, no, 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 let me make a slight linguistic okay. correction. Sure. Everything is happening at once and always is happening at once. All right. And it is just your experience of time that experiences it sequentially. So, I mean, basically, this has a lot to do with the human apparatus right now. For those yes. people who are who have a wider awareness, for example, uh, they're, they're not going to be as limited in the time-space continuum, let's say, as I might be. Yeah, and, and that's... Uh, so you don't yeah. need to have a machine, actually but a machine will help. Uh, there are advanced beings right. that use natural time travel, that time travel through wormholes. And it is said that the Mayan civilization disappeared overnight because they time travel. Uh, and most modern, most advanced space travel by advanced extraterrestrials is actually advanced time travel. In other words, the distances in the universe are so vast that they actually just fold, you know, time on itself and they can get right. it's, it. It's a folding in, yeah. in a, in a, uh, a three-dimensional way. It's just taking and folding. Like if I had, if I had one place on this hand, another place on this hand, it doesn't matter how far they are away from each other. If I put the two hands together, <laughs> they're right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's our, the limitations of our concepts as sort of lower level or entry level third density beings on a planet that has devolved. We used to be a fifth density planet, and then with the Lucifer Rebellion, we were sent back to third density, and now we're moving back up the ladder. Then we are, you know. What, um, what was your experience like 
when you first became aware of a book that, and I don't even know if this happened this way. I'll say it the way I think it happened or the way I thought you said. A book was, was a book presented to you before you wrote it. Was that how that happened? Or was the book presented to you through something someone else told you? So, for example, okay, I think you know what I'm saying right now. Yeah. Now, um, in, in 2005, I was uh, with Andrew Machago. I was uh, in the process of editing, uh, uh, formatting, and publishing the book Exopolitics. And then at some point, uh, Andrew Bushago, who had uh, in several sessions as a whistleblower from the DARPA CIA quantum access time travel program, explained to me a number of key aspects of that program and his role in it. At some point, as we had published this book, revealed to me that he had first witnessed this book in 1971 right. and gave a series of details that were so congruent such that I knew that he was telling the truth not embellishing and that this was correct. This was a whistleblower from the deep state, from DARPA CIA, coming to me as the author of Exopolitics, the book, stating to me in 2005, as I was publishing the book, that he in the presence of his father, who was a consultant to the DARPA CIA quantum access time travel program in 1971, along with the third person had had a satchel containing materials brought secretly from the future. And in that satchel was a copy of Exopolitics by Alfred Lawat Weber published in 2005 and brought back by DARPA CIA time travel. Now, I don't know specifically which time travel technology that was used. They may have used, sent a time traveler to the future to get a copy of the book and then bring it back. I, that's a speculation. Well, are there, are there, um, not are there, there must be some kind of rules and regulations about what you should and shouldn't do. And you've mentioned now the concept of, of uh, let's say, civil liberties and civil rights that we might have, not might have, should have. But what about this concept of the different paradoxes that people love to write about and talk about and pretend to know about? those don't seem to be as as important as some of the things that we've talked about today as a matter of fact this is the first time i have actually talked about time travel as we in this time in 2022 would even speculate it was going to be about we're i'm talking uh, about things that are silly compared to what you're talking about yeah uh okay so we're we're talking about two two different realms here. One of the realms that you just raised is a very fundamental realm, and that is the law of time. And how we live in a time-space hologram, and uh, uh, it's time science that has developed uh, the eight time travel technologies uh, that allow 
for the regulated uh, uh, movement of information, uh, objects, and people through time. Okay? It's time science. And time science is subject to various laws in terms of uh, uh, how, ev how sequential events can impinge on each other, just to put it in very simple terms. Uh, and I think that that's what you're referring to. Well, it's the one that everyone is always the, the yeah, example yeah, that, that they say. That is what, yeah. And if you go to Hollywood, right, broadly defined, you'll find that the national security state has a large covert presence in Hollywood, hmm. and they're leaking or suggesting uh, scenarios two very suggestible screenwriters or the screenwriters come up with them on their own such that if you go to netflix or let's say if you went last year to netflix and and you entered in in the search function time travel you would get a lot of movies you would get less of them now because in my judgment, uh, uh, if you take, if you go to Netflix, this is my personal opinion. If you go to Netflix, there's a series called Timeless. It's an episodic series. It has episodes. And in my judgment, Timeless is a fictional, modified, limited, fictional hangout of the chronogarchy. But there's a lot of fiction in there. And in a way, it's to brainwash the public into thinking, oh, time travel, that's fictional, you know? So that when a whistleblower like Andrew D. Pacheco comes forth, and when myself as a public policy analyst come forth and publish exposés based on multiple whistleblowers, uh, you have a large segment of the public that says, oh, that's just I've seen that on Netflix. I've seen that on television. It's just fiction. Uh, and that's a deliberate strategy of the deep state. It's well, it's the same strategy that's been used for years when it has to do with UFOs and ETs. Exactly. It always exactly. works. So they, the, the chronogarchy, the deep state, has a strategy with regard to space and the chronogarchy has a strategy with regard to time, because time, in a way, is how they more tightly and immediately control humanity. For example, if you go in here, uh, and we have now direct eyewitness testimony from uh, whistleblowers who were present at this since in 1971, the chronogarchy went forward, and there was a, there's a a unit within DARPA CIA because the Central Intelligence Agency determined that it would use time travel technology for statecraft. So. They went forward and they pre-identified in 1971 future U.S. presidents. And then they called them in 
and they notified them of their future destiny as president. That is George H.W. Bush, William Jefferson Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald J. Trump, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden, and we're sort of on that edge now. We don't, I don't have a whistleblower yet for the next one after that. There's a lot of mythology about a book in the 1890s called The Last President, in which uh, there were people named Pence, there were uh, people that had the same name as Donald Trump's son, and there was a plot similar to the January 6th plot. So we don't know, and these are the issues that I raise in my newest book that's called Time Screen, the 50-year chronogarchy plot to balkanize America. We don't know whether America in the lead up to 2024 or afterward, if in fact what I was told by the director of Stanford Research Institute Futurist, Willis Harmon, in January of 1977, who had a 50-year futures contract with the Central Intelligence Agency, and I saw the contracts, the contract Central Intelligence Agency contract officer. I saw him at our Futurist unit, and that was the same agency that just earlier had time traveled my book back from 2005. So they know what's going to happen. And that drama is playing out right now. Today, we just had for the first time since 1974, today on Friday, July 22nd, 2022, for the first time since 1974, a presidential aide was convicted of contempt of Congress, Steve Bannon, for refusing to testify before the January 6th committee for the first time since 1974. And there you have the polarization of the two Americas, the Trump America that is refusing to look at the hearings. And that because it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what testimony was given that in fact, Donald J. Trump was committing acts that under the law are a violation of criminal statutes. It just doesn't matter to them. And they are ready in large numbers. You already have the Texas GOP, the Texas Republican Party adopted secession as an official plank of the Republican Party in 2022. That is shocking. That is shocking. In my grandmother's house, they had on the wall in my grandfather's library the pictures of other ancestors that served in the Civil War. All right, so look, I don't want to stop, <laughs> but you know what? This has been a great show. If you're curious, get my books because I'm just telling you what yeah. I say in books. Well, I've got, I've got, um, I posted a few of the books that we talked about. It was hard for me to kind of follow along and, and uh, catch them while you were talking, but we're going to do more of this. I, I urge everyone out there listening and watching, uh, just put into the uh, search engine the balkanization of the U.S. And you'll notice something 
that you may never have heard of is there plenty there's so much information you just won't believe that it was something that you never hear about and i heard about it first from alfred and i i assure you that you will find that to be if not the most entertaining thing you ever read the scariest thing you ever read so um alfred i appreciate the fact that you took the time to do this show today um we had a lot of issues that came up, but I'm, I'm proud to say we made it through. <laughs> you did a great job. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to next week when we get together again. And we'll see if they uh, um, repeat some of that audio stuff. Other than that, though, we had a lot of clarity and... Uh, Anything I can do to help. It's, it, was, it was just really exciting today oh. to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you very much. And for the rest of you, I hope that you have a great, great week. And uh, just think about what we talked about today. And I look forward to telling all of you more next time.